This is Daisenshu EX, the podcast, episode 73 for the week of April 15th, 2007. Welcome to Daisenshu EX, the podcast, an extension of the all-encompassing Dragon Ball fansite. Daisenshu EX. Indeed, we cover anything and everything. Dragon Ball. Dragon One Piece. Ball. <laughs> Dragon Ball. Naruto. Gundam. <laughs> Gundam. Bleach. Godocha. Bleach. Kenjin. Uh, Mezo Nikoku. Wait. Uh, Mezo Forte, in hopes of enlightening and a little bit of <laughs> entertaining. Hello, everyone out there in podcast land. How you doing? Hi, people. We're good. Good, good, good. My name is Mike Labrie. Perhaps you know me as Vegito EX. And over here to my less than proverbial, I tricked you, North Julian. How you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Um, it's getting towards the end of the semester, so the work is starting to pile up, but I'm hanging in there. Hang in there, indeed. Oh, yes. I'm looking forward to, uh, where the rest of the year will take you, actually. Yes, well, I'm not sure about that yet, but hopefully I'll know pretty soon. Next couple of weeks, maybe. Cool stuff. Over here to my lesson proverbial right, indeed, this time, Mary. Hi there. How are you? I know how you are. You live here. How- oh, do you now? Yeah. You can speak on my behalf? I can. Well, well, tell everyone how I am. You're doing fine. You're relaxed. You've been watching, um, what is it, Planet Earth? That's right, on, on demand, Discovery. Enjoying your animals and the birds. They're and- so cool. See? Yesterday I learned how dolphins hydroplane. Well, aren't you? It was just wow. it was, educated lady. It was freaking sweet. Well, and then they got the fish. That's cool stuff. Hey, you guys out there, if you guys ever have anything, uh, questions, comments about the show, drop us a line, podcast at com. Any of you guys have any cool stuff going on? Well, actually, Dragon Ball stuff? <sighs> well, Dragon not quite, Ball. but... Okay. Uh, I guess I ought to mention that yes. in a week's time, I'm yes. going to Anime Boston. Oh, that is true. Indeed, you are. So uh, I need to decide whether I want to attend the Funimation panel or get some dancing help. <laughs> uh, dancing help? Dance lessons, even. That's cool. Because, you know what? I can't dance that well. <laughs> so I thought that, that might be something interesting to go to. I think that might be the better choice of uh, events. <laughs> they have dancing lessons yeah. at this con? Well, I think it relates to the formal dance that they're having that oh. evening. Julian's going to para para. Step one, two. Oh, jeez. Para para. para is not the same thing. <laughs> sure it is. Well, Mary, how about you? Um, you know, I thought I had something and then I forgot. Oh, <gasps> no, I do. What? I what? have a video at a con uh, oh, this true. upcoming weekend. Of course, mm-hmm. by the time this podcast is out, the con will be over. But so I should have mentioned this last week. Um, I got a video at Tekosho Con. I got um, um, a trailer in the trailer category. Right. Art School nice. Confidential to Honey and Clover. Dun, dun, so, dun. It's, so, cool. uh, so yay. Right. Uh, I don't really have any cool stuff. Uh, just gaming. Non-Dragon Ball related gaming. So I'll spare everyone. So we have an episode for you this evening or this weekend or today or this early morning. Whenever you happen to be listening. So let's just get right on into stuff with the news. Julian, take it away for us, because you're the cool guy. Thank you, Mike. Well, in Dragon Ball news... (laughs) Around the world! (laughs) uh, Last week, on April the 7th, from 8 to about 11.15, there was some kind of awards thing on Japanese TV, specifically Fuji TV. This was called the Nippon Nijin Taisho, or basically Japan Great Person Awards for 2007. Uh, From what I can gather... I gotta stop you right here. I take great issue 
issue with this because Vegito EX was not on the list of competitors. I don't think you're not Japanese. Touche, uh, continue. But it appears that actually the nominees were all taken from daytime and evening dramas on probably Japanese TV. Because uh, among the categories, for example, there's uh, legendary, strong, great people, along with true stories, the evilest demon wife person, uh, and the most passionate love letter written by a great person. And I believe representing these categories were all famous people from history, which strongly indicates that they were probably drama characters. Uh... Of course, for those of you who don't know, Japan is famous for its period dramas occurring throughout Japanese history, dramatizing the events of very famous characters and such. Yes. Anyway, back to the story. During this time, there was an animated segment featuring Dragon Ball's Goku. This was, in fact, a tournament to determine the strongest great person. Uh, I am not aware of what the other categories, features, encompass, but at least for this one, there was an animated segment. Providing the main narration for the fights was Fuji TV announcer Masaharu Miyake. Providing guest commentary was Goku. Yay! And the competitors were Saito Musashibo Benke from the Genpei War. And Shotoku Taishi, or Prince Shotoku, the man known for introducing Chinese custom and legal represent, er, well, legal forms and government forms into Japan, not to mention Buddhism. Next we have Amakusa Shiro, the Japanese Christian who was one of the leaders of the failed Shimabara Rebellion. And finally, uh, the legend herself, one of the earliest known figures from Japanese history, prehistory even, Queen Himiko of the Wa. These four competitors duke it out to determine the Strongest person in Japanese history for 2007. All right, so why are we talking about this on Dragon Ball Podcast? Other than that, Goku is narrating the fights, kind of. That's yes. it, right? Well, it's new animation featuring Goku. Yay! In, in Dragon Ball style. Yes. Now, let's talk about the style real quick. It was almost like One Piece style. Kind yeah. of. There wasn't a lot it, of shading. Right. So it reminded me of like, the flat coloring right. that we see mm. in One Piece. I like well, it. One Piece movie 6, even. Uh, yeah. Mm. Anyway. It was different. It was. And, of course, the shameless little plug in the middle for the Dragon Ball R2 DVDs that started coming out. Had to throw that in there. Basically, it's quasi-new Dragon Ball animation. Masako Nozawa is still rocking out the voice of Goku, and we enjoyed it. And that's cool. Yes. Interestingly enough, the description on Fuji TV's page suggests that Goku actually dukes it out with the champion of the tournament. However, the video that we've seen on YouTube actually cuts off, so we don't know whether this actually happens or whether it's just a bad description. Yeah, However, the video what is there is very cuts. interesting. So uh, check out Daizenshu EX. We have a link to the video and a little bit more of writings from Julian over on our forum describing who the people are and cool stuff like that. And I believe that is the news for the week. Unless anyone randomly came up with anything in the last 30 seconds or so. Oh, Mary, I know. I know you came up with lots of more news to talk about, right? I did? Yeah. I, I did, yeah, yeah. Oh. And unfortunately, it was eaten by a kid. I, I left my news in my yes. other pants. Oh, 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 but, but, but. But? 
Yes. 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 Moro Neketsurizmu Damashi Os Tatakai Oendan 2 comes out next month in May. And about 12 of the 19 or so songs that are included have been revealed. Yeah, but if that's you listen to the moments. podcast over the last year or so, you remember Julian's rantings about the original. And I'm sure we will hear much more to come. Yes. Well, Big game. That's the end of the news now, Julian. And so okay. with that, we are moving on into our topic for the week. We are actually doing a character episode this week. Whee! It's been a long time. The last time we went in-depth about a single character. And the only time. And the only time. <laughs> well, we've kind of done little bits of character things here and there, but not a single episode about a single dude. Since episode 40, when we discuss Gohan and his character growth over the course of the series. Or character arc, if you will. Well, we're going to do another character episode, but it's not really a character arc discussion, because this dude ain't around long enough to really have an arc. Is it a pool? Uh, <laughs> mental note. Next character episode will be a pool. However, this no. is not about a pool. Although I think a pool is actually around longer than this quantitatively. That, anyways, we are going to discuss Tapion. Woohoo! Yeah. Not a canon character. Go figure. But drawn by Toriyama. We are talking about a single character from a single movie that never really shows up ever again. There's a couple reasons we're going to talk about him. I think we're going to have quite an interesting discussion and go a couple places you wouldn't think we would go with a uh, kind of, dare I say, toss-away character like Tapion. Now, Julian. Yes. You still haven't seen movie 13. I have not. This is kind of sad. So, yeah, you know, well. when we kind of have our manga episodes, we have Jeff's perspective on someone who's never seen it. Interestingly enough, despite you being kind of, you know, co-host and always here with us and yep. knowing lots about the show, you've never seen the movie, so we kind of have your perspective on an aspect of the character we'll discuss that is popularity. Mary and I have seen this movie many, many times. In fact, it was one of the first things you ever saw in Japanese. Yeah, it was the first thing I saw in Japanese along oh, with the Trunks TV special. Right. Those two things were your first. Which is interesting because Trunks plays a decent role in, obviously, yeah, both of those. We'll get to that too. So real brief, for those who, I don't know, haven't seen Movie 13 or have only seen it once and don't really remember, let's briefly discuss who this character is. As mentioned, he is from DBZ Movie 13, which is entitled Julian. Well, it's not entitled that, but... Correcto indeed, not called Wrath of the Dragon. So, this character is from the planet... Now, I always thought it was Konak from my old Anime Lab subs... But Steve Simmons spells it as C-O-N-U-T-S. Julian, what's the pun here? Coconuts. Uh, probably coconut. And ah, we'll, ha, ha, that makes sense. Um, but we'll uh, get to the reason why in just a minute, I feel, when we discuss his name. Yeah, indeed we will. So we'll move on. He's got a little brother named Minosia. And the story here is that these two are off on their planet. There's this kind of totem pole statue thing and it has absorbed all of the evil will of their society if you will. And so these Madoshi kind of like Babidi, these evil warlock, shaman kind of guys they kind of create a real monster from this thing using all of the evil will that has been absorbed with it. And the story goes that Tapion and Minoshia, they have this legendary sword and flute, which is really an ocarina, and 
using the melody, they are able to keep the monster in check, and they're they're able to cut him in half. And what's really interesting is that after he was cut in half, the two halves of the monster were sealed away within these two characters, and they were sent off to different galaxies because when they were close together, the two halves would kind of resonate, and the monster would try to break through and out and destroy things. So they're sent off away, and this is kind of where we come in, where uh, there's half of a monster destroying things on Earth, and Tapion shows up, and blah, 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 watch the movie. Let's talk about Tapion himself. He was actually designed by Toriyama. That explains why he's so cool looking. Uh, I suppose so. Julian, tell us a little bit about his name. Yes, well, as it turns out, Tapion's name was originally going to be Tapioca, but Toriyama voiced his disapproval, noting that, you know, despite his many instances to the contrary, he felt that it was too close to the original food. You know, never mind things like Tenshin Han and Chaozu and and Yamcha and... Right. (laughs) Etc. Puar Oolong. (laughs) <laughs> you know, not right. not that he's ever had anything against just keeping the word the right. same, but, but, but here in this particular entrance. And uh, as for his little brother, the name, I'm not entirely sure about uh, Minoshia. What I think it probably is, is you notice that if you, I mean, this involves kind of the character's nature, which we'll, you know, mention, but that if you look at it backwards, character by character, it's Ashinomi, which literally means just the legs. Uh, um, it's not necessarily what they were going for, but I think it's probably a good guess. It's pretty coincidental, and I think it makes a whole lot of sense. Now, as for the character design itself, eh, Toriyama's character designs, especially as things go on, become less and less distinct from each other. Tapion's really nothing more than just a slightly altered Kaioshin. I mean, the <laughs> mohawk and even the garb. Reminds you a lot of, like, a Chrono Trigger character. Well, well, you know, Toriyama the, did the character design. Right, exactly. With the color scheme, kind of the orange and the browns, I yeah. actually, yeah, that does remind me of Chrono Trigger kind of style more than Dragon Ball a little bit. I can see that. And uh, that's really it for the background of the character. You know who he is and how he came to be. Things I want to discuss about him are going to be things that separate him from other characters in other movies. Then I want to get into what makes him so popular, or maybe not popular. We'll kind of talk our way through that. Probably the most important thing that uh, separates him from other movie characters is that he's introduced as a main character in a movie, and he's not a villain. There are very few other movies that have these kind of side characters that aren't the main villain. You think of uh, DBZ Movie 1, sure you have Garlic Jr., and sure you have his henchmen, but they're killed off, they're not not villains. Then you have Kula, you have Slug, you have Broly, those are all single main villains. Well, in this movie, Tapion's not the villain per se, Hildegarn is, or Hildegarn, but, um... <laughs> or Hildegarn. Hildegarn, that's not how you would say it. But Hildegarn. Exactly. So, he's not the villain, but he's right there in the middle of everything. So, right off the bat, you have something pretty different from other movies. I can't think of many other examples like this. Do you guys have anything? I really can't think of, I can't well, think of a single one. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of interesting. Interesting. I mean, if you also think about it too, basically every other movie in the series is kind of definable, and fans do this by the main villain. Exactly. So you have the Broly movie, the other Broly movie, the Kula movie, the other Kula movie. Well, hey, even going off of that, every single Funimation movie title from when they started doing everything themselves with movie four onwards has the name of the villain in the movie. Well, often actually they didn't do it in twelve. I forgot about wow. that. Wow. You have Lord Slug, Kula's Revenge, Return of Cooler. 
Super Android 13, Broly, Broly, I'm sorry, Broly, Bojack, Broly, Broly. And then you have Fusion Reborn and Wrath of the Dragon. I think Janemba is probably too strange to pronounce. Mm-hmm. <laughs> same with the one from movie 13 but that's very true everyone identifies numbers and villains right that totally makes sense too it's easy yeah. hmm. now something that also separates him and maybe it doesn't is the the history the back history of the character i want to discuss with you mary and julian is it more or less defined than other characters in other movies? I think of, for example, Kula. We have the back history of he was watching from his own spaceship as things happened on planet Vegeta and it was blown up and he kind of flew off. And we know his whole brother history and revenge and all that. That's relatively a decent amount for a movie villain. Mm-hmm. I mean, typically villain mm-hmm. shows up, fight, kind of end of thing. Mm-hmm. What about Tapion? Is his more or less fleshed out? I would say it's more. Um, I'm going to compare him to Kula. Okay. Kula, we really don't know anything outside of that one incident of him like just watching from his own spaceship. All right. I, I can actually see where you're probably going to go with that. And that's Kula's history isn't about Kula. It's about the things that were around Kula. Exactly. It's like Kula in relation to his brother. Right. But we don't know, like, well, what sort of things does he rule? What, right. what's, what's his jurisdiction? What, how is he ranked compared to his brother and All father? All he's doing is sitting up on a throne in a desert. And he got he has <laughs> his own henchmen, too, so right. he's got to be someone. But Tapion, you know, it's not like we know his childhood or anything, but we know his purpose. We know why he's here on Earth. As a slight comparison, we actually do have a little bit of Broly as a child. That's The whole true. history with him was, you know, crying, or I'm sorry, Goku crying, irritating the hell out of him. We even got a little history with uh, King Vegeta and the attempted murder. I'd say Broly's that. probably, as far as movie villains go, he's probably got the best. Uh, <laughs> this is so disturbing. This is weird. That Broly is the Broly's most, got the best backstory. Broly's the most developed character, and he turns into the <laughs> least developed character. He's smashy, smashy. So I guess we could say that a character's early development is inversely proportional to what we obtain later on. <laughs> well, what other movie characters can anyone compare to? How solitarily in depth we get with Tapion's history. And I'm trying, like Julie mentioned, go villain by villain. You identify villains with movies. And I can't think of anyone who goes that in depth besides Broly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We don't know anything about Bojack other than, you know, he was a bad guy. He was a bad guy, sealed away, he's back, he's a pirate. The three androids from movie seven, you know, it's the same old story as any exactly. other android that's ever been made. So that's nothing new. You know, with every movie, you can pretty much look at that point in the TV series and see which villain they're adapting to a movie villain exactly it's like well let's clone the main villain of what happens to be airing on tv at this time and just (laughs) no make a movie version of that maybe with the exception (laughs) of broly and that he's actually saiyajin too but that ties in with all the other back history we have like for example janemba his forms and just the way he moves and how he acts it's a parallel to boo uh we have the jinzoni again for movie seven (laughs) how much more obvious can you get Mm mm-hmm Tapion's a little Tapion relates to nothing going on in the TV series other than similar character design to Kaioshin. And at this point, the series is pretty much done. It's uh, uh, it's one of those where would you place it? It seems like it would be after the death of Boo, but before the... It's Budokai really like more right. than any other, maybe with the exception of the first Nine. three movies. Oh. Um, really the only standalone kind of feature that's really independent of the TV series mm. yeah. kind of movie in it, existence. Aside from the, you know, the mysterious absence of Boo, you could consider it to be after the Boo arc. Right, exactly. But, yeah. That's true. He should be... Well, did we see Mr. Satan in movie 13? No. Mm, that's a good Okay, so Mr. Satan okay, and Boo so are off. So they're off by themselves then. Exactly. They're off okay. hanging out. Right. Have an ice cream, let's say. So we talked. <laughs> uh, 
Stealing, robbing ice cream stores. <laughs> so that's Tapion's history. Another thing I want to talk about is this is the way I would describe it. The focus of the movie, believe it or not, is not about Tapion. Tapion is nothing more than the conduit for which to explore other characters, namely Trunks. Mm-hmm. With every scene that these two are in, it's not about Tapion. It's about Trunks and his interactions with other older people and how Trunks mm. doesn't really have siblings at this point and how he's kind of jealous and he wants it. And you even see how Bulma's reaction to seeing Trunks interact with Tapion is. It's a very character-driven movie. It really, really Whoa. is. With a giant monster. With yes. a giant monster. There's a lot of action, but at the same time, there's a lot of sitting around and analyzing the characters and how they talk to each other. It's all thanks to Tapion. So he wow. doesn't do anything. He sits there and whines. <laughs> I know you disagree with me a little I bit. I do disagree with that. He sits around and sobs. Because it's not like he has no reason to. He's got I a big know. giant monster I popping know. out of He's him got all a the time. Inside him. I know, I know, I know. You would be whiny too if you had a monster popping out of you. I do have a monster. And if you had a whiny eight year old constantly wanting your attention. <laughs> Is there anything else you guys can think about to discuss? Kind of. Uh, Tapion as a character in the movie without talking about Phantom at all. Yeah. As a character, he seems... I don't want to say he's a stereotype, but there's nothing really different or original no. about him, but there's something about him that's still kind of cool. Yeah? Yeah. Hmm. yeah. I think I like the, his cool personality, how he doesn't want to get close to anyone, he's kind of like very closed in and, you know, doesn't really reach out to anyone until Trunks continues to, to pester him, and then he starts to warm up a bit. It's true. He's, he's nothing very special in terms of how his character is in the grand scheme of things. But other than maybe future Trunks, he's the closest you get to this brooding, solitary, <laughs> brooding, angsty, and even Vegeta doesn't get to this point because that's purely driven by pride. Tapion is, he's looking out for everyone, but at the same time, he's keeping it very much to himself. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. I never really thought of his similarities between, you know, Tapion and future Trunks, but I think you're right. Yeah. And the whole sword thing, obviously. I think I'm right too. <laughs> Of course you do. <laughs> oh man, wow. the whole sword thing though—that's a—that's uh, another can of that's worms. That's another topic in and of itself. Yes, we'll get to that eventually. Not this episode. Let's talk about what makes Tapion so popular. Because I think he is. I think he has a soft spot in the hearts of fans. Mm. Or wait, that made no sense. I think fans have a soft spot in their hearts for him. Thank you. No problem. So he only shows up once. In the grand scheme of things, at the end of the day, he's not really that important. He's just a dude in a movie. Mm -hmm. So he's not particularly important. But I think people flock to that kind of thing. He's someone who only showed up once. Right, he doesn't overstay his welcome. Right. And because of that, people want more. So what they do right. is, um, I, I'm not a big fan fiction person, so mm-hmm. for all I know, maybe there is fan He's fiction floating around about him. perfect character for fanfic writing, because you get enough of his history to know where he's from, what his purpose is, what his planet looks like, what his people look like, wh- what happens to him before, before and, and after. after. Exactly. Like, what's his family like? So you have things to kind of jump off of. You can make up your own history for him. Absolutely. Yay. Wait, fan fiction. <laughs> oh. But I, I noticed this with tons of shows, tons of series. If there's just some cool dude who's only around very briefly, a lot of people latch on to that kind of thing. I think that's kind of me and Future Trunks, because in the grand scheme of things, he He's wasn't around. around that long. No. I mean, we do get to know him a bit, so it's not like we don't know his history. In fact, right. we know almost too much of his history. <laughs> But yeah, I can see I can see how that would make sense. Another thing that makes him amazing is he has his own theme song. Oh. 
Yes. And he plays it himself. That's very true. He has his own song and he gets to play it himself and subject everyone to it. I mean, constantly. not for that purpose. No. Back in the day, when I say that, I mean <laughs> early days of uh, online community. So we're talking. Back in my day. <laughs> back when I started my site in 98, Tapion... <sighs> Music online was just starting to really come into its own. Uh, you know, MP3s are really started getting out there in 96, but around 98, 99, that's when things were really hitting huge. And people were clamoring, where can I get Tapion's theme? I think it was because it was rare. Well, the thing is, it doesn't really exist. Maybe we can talk about that now, what versions of his song you can actually get to listen to. But it's another one of those, I can't get it, therefore I want it really bad, it must be awesome. There's a vocal version of his theme that was the B-side on the Movie 13 closing theme CD single by Shin Oya, and uh, that also has a karaoke version of that song. But I actually didn't know about this for years and years and years until, I don't even remember when I found out, maybe when I got the CD single. So there actually was that song out there, but no one really knew. There were two very prevalent fan remixes of Tapion's theme. One of them was hosted on mp3.com when that existed and was kind of the MySpace or pure volume of its day, believe it or not. another one that came out somewhere. And then everywhere there were just middies of Tapion's theme. Right. That's it the main thing good. I remember. Right. And it's very easy to compose and kind of play out for yourself. Tons of people made their own middies of it because it's a very simple tune. But uh, I think mm. it's almost like the old 8-bit songs where they didn't have much to work with. So what they made was really great and really memorable. Kind of the same thing with Tapion's theme where it's very minimal, but it's memorable at the same time. That's a good way of putting cool, cool. it. Double M threat. Let's talk about his character design. Anytime you see people talking about the way Tapion looks, you will invariably see a Zelda discussion as well. So really? here comes yes. That never occurred to me. Link Ocarina. Oh Tapion, right. Ocarina. Oh, same dear. positions, same everything. So here's Mike to the rescue with his research. The first appearance of Link actually playing in Ocarina was in the Link to the Past, which came out in nineteen ninety one Japan, nineteen ninety two in the US. It was again featured in Link's Awakening in nineteen ninety three. It wasn't really important in either of those games. Uh, previously, it was the recorder in Zelda 1 and 2, uh, or the flute, whatever you want to call it. You just played little tunes. It wasn't central to the plot, like it was in 1998 in Ocarina of Time. Mm-hmm. 
where every time you saw Link, he was in that position, hands up to his face, eyes closed, playing that <laughs> tune. Well, when you see DBZ Movie 13, which came out in July 1995, what do you think of? You think of Tapion, standing, eyes closed, hands up to his mouth, playing a song on the Yoko Arena. <laughs> now, his character design, as we mentioned, is it's just Kaioshin. That's all. With different color hair. So what do we think about um, the whole Zelda thing? The position and just the way he looks that is identified as Link, that was three years later. So I don't think there's too much of the, you know, ripping off Zelda to create Tapion style. I think there's only one way to play an ocarina, and that's having your hands up to your mouth playing an ocarina. Right. So I don't think it's a ripoff. I think that's just how you look when you play the instrument. (laughs) I agree. But I I just always see that I've never seen that before. I think a lot of that has to do with, you know, when was the movie released in Japan? People don't have any idea. When are games developed? The movie took so long to come out in the U.S. So it's just a lot of fan confusion about what may or may not have ripped things off in that respect. Other things about Tapion and why he's so popular, I'm going to call these maybe superficial or maybe more accurate would be surface level reasons. That's the sword and the angst, as you mentioned, Mary. There's just something cool about him. He's a quiet guy that's here and he's got this monster inside him and he's got to make sure he saves the world and poor me. He doesn't really save poor me. But not poor me because stuff. There's just something cool and collected again about him. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people just like that. And I still think that's way more... I mean, it may be superficial or surface level, but it's still better than any of the movie villains <laughs> that are even true. just grunt, grunt, grunt. Like Bojack. Yes. <laughs> I'm a pirate. A green pirate with orange hair. Yeah. Green, blue. Hey, we can't really tell. So, finally, to close up why he's so popular, and this is kind of going to relate back to a couple episodes ago when we were talking about American fans and their disdain for the Japanese version, at least some fans, a very small minority of fans, and what it was about the Japanese version that made them so upset and blah, 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 blah. One of the points that we or I should say I was trying to get to, I didn't quite get to, and Rachel explained a lot better on the forum, was that back in that time, like the, the late 90s, in order to to experience Dragon Ball, you had to get to the Japanese version to watch everything, because it wasn't all out here. We didn't have the entire TV series. We didn't have the entire manga. I almost see Tapion in Movie 13 as one of those things that it's so close, but it's so far away. It took so long to come out here, and everyone was saying, oh, it's the best DBZ movie. There's so much great stuff. Tapion, he's got the ocarina. It's so great. So I think a lot of people just really, like, he must be awesome. He was, like, legendary by the time he got here. Exactly. We had figures of him years and years and years earlier. Yeah, that's right. It was like Tapion, the final frontier. (laughs) So I think people were just... They wanted to love him. And not that they can't love him, not that there's not anything really cool about him, but I think that almost um, hyped him up so much. There's definitely a lot of hype. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) no doubt. That's a bad thing. No, no, not at all. The movie only came out, what, two years ago here? Almost ten years later, after it came out in Japan. Mm -hmm. Wow. So, that is Tapion in the nutshell, and what we think about him, and why we think other people like him. Anyone have any closing thoughts on Tapion? Mary, I will start with you because it was one of the first things you watched. Um, let's see. I like his interactions with Bulma. Mm. During that scene where they're talking, I always secretly hoped in the back of my mind Great that they would just start getting it on. Oh my god. She's like, I feel so sorry for this alien. Come here, big boy. Bulma, holy fuck, is she amazingly hot. I, I... I can't help myself. Yeah. Um, I'm not turned on by, oh my god, Japanimation cartoon girls. But man. Bulma in pajamas. Milf mama and, oh, yeah, okay. 
She's how old by then? Uh, it doesn't matter. She is incredibly, incredibly, incredibly attractive. So and that's gonna- why I wanted her to get an all tappy on. Like, you know, a little sympathy. Oh my God. Like, oh, you have it so rough. Let me that, comfort that's gonna end you. This end uh, of the conversation. I will okay, turn it to uh, Julian. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, that's, that's kind of hard to follow up. I will say that having... Having not seen movie 13, I can't really say a lot about him. Well, we've hyped it so much for you. Do you believe the hype machine? He's an interesting character. And I think it's probably worth my while to, you know, actually watch that movie sometime. Maybe I'll uh, borrow it from you guys for a year. That's probably a good idea. (laughs) But, you know, I, I think overall, he's a pretty cool guy. You know what? That's it. Let's move it on to the releases. Julian! Yeah? What's coming out on April 18th? Ah, well, that's a very good question, Mike. Wouldn't you like to know? I would indeed. Well, I already know because I can read the text on the outline. Oh, okay. But for those reading or not reading (laughs) long because they have nothing to read. Julian. Okay, so April 18th, which is Wednesday, we have uh, Dragon Ball Spanish, and that's the Spain version, DVD Volume 10. Uh, That's called La Saga de Frieza. That's episodes 73 to 80. And they cost uh, just about 30 euros. Indeed, they do. Uh, And you can find a link to it on sonadvd.com. And that's uh, that's it for the rest of April. April. So I guess we're going to move on to the emails. We're going to do one email this week. This email is going to come from Damon, who we've had emails from in the past. He's the only one who sends just voice emails that we can play in the show. So if you would like to send voice emails... Very easy. Podcast at divesx.com. Send us an MP3. Send us a wave, whatever you want to send us. But we're going to check in with Damon right now because he's got two very valid questions. So, Damon, what's up? Hi, this is Damon from Chicago. Two quick questions. First, I'm a bit confused about all the different Dragon Ball CDs that are out there. I want to buy official ones, but I don't really know where to go or how to tell if they're counterfeit or not. So if you guys have gone over that in a previous episode, if you could point out which number that is, or if not, if you could give a brief overview, that would be great. And second, for your money, which is the better fighting game, Hyper Dimension or Super DBZ? Thank you. Well, Damon, this is uh, very interesting. I can relate this back to Oshakan 1999. Uh, it was my first, was that my first convention? I think it was. I was in the dealer's room. I was buying all sorts of great Dragon Ball stuff. I had only been doing my site for about a year at that point, maybe a year and a half. Amazingly, I didn't know about bootleg CDs myself at that point. And what I ended up purchasing was the ever-anime CD entitled Dragon Ball GT, which was actually five Dragon Ball GT songs and then ten of the eleven tracks off of the Dragon 98 Live CD. So it was basically a bootleg CD, and I didn't know until after I purchased it. And a lot of people are still having this problem years later. And the problem is, things are just called import CD or Japanese CD. You know, that kind of stuff. It's very hard to tell the difference unless you know what you're looking for. So I think the best thing we can do is tell you who actually puts out the real music in Japan. And it pretty much comes down to, what, Columbia and Forte? Let's see. Pretty much everything is Columbia. There were some game things that were Forte. That's about it. There's uh, the soundtrack to the... the, uh, one Dragon Ball movie that uses some of the GT music is a, mm-hmm. another label, but I don't remember what it is right now. If you look on the back and you see something like COCC dash numbers, that's Columbia. You'll see the Columbia name. Those I think they are usually the legit use the COCX now, I think. Oh, that's true. Right. Another thing to tip you off is that they're not $10. 
Real CDs cost a lot more money than that from Japan, at least when they first come out. One of the great yeah. things that's happened in the last year is all of those hit song collection CDs were re-released by Columbia. Those legitimately are around $10 now. But, you know, I hate to plug sections to answer questions, but if you check out the music database on Daizen Chewy X, which I actually need to update, I have a few things to add in there. Um, you can see cover art, all of the actual Japanese catalog numbers for all the CDs, um, running time, release dates, all that great sort of stuff. So if you kind of want to compare back and forth when you're buying online, you can compare catalog numbers. That is probably your best resource to tell the correct things. Now, bootlegs. If you see Sone May, if you see Ever Anime, what else is there? Smiley Face? Uh, I can't think of any other ones offhand. But I know there's one or two other big ones recently that are bootlegging CDs. If you see Sone May, bootleg. So uh, be careful what you're purchasing, where you're buying them from. If you're going to buy from legitimate places like Play Asia or Amazon Japan, you're not going to have any problems. They're going to be the legit ones because, you know, legitimate retailers don't sell bootlegs. But when you're at conventions, a lot of cons are cracking down on bootlegs. You know, Otakon is very serious about it these days. They will just kick out the, the retailers if they're selling bootlegs. But uh, just kind of pay attention to what you're buying. Shouldn't be too hard. If you ever have questions, definitely let us know. And then your last question. For your money, which is the better game, Hyperdimension or Super DBZ? Mary. As much as I love Hyperdimension in my heart, yeah. and as little as I've played Super DBZ, I'm going to have to say Super DBZ. It, it's... It's kind of weird. It's kind of ass-backwards thinking on my part, but I'd still say Super DBZ. It's a better game. I mean, it's a much better modern evolution of what we want to play. Right. You know, I go back and play Hyperdimension. It's not actually that great of a game. It's kind of slow and clunky. Um, Super DBZ isn't. So, and Julian, you have only played Super DBZ as far as I know. Uh, yeah, I got my ass handed to me by some Japanese gamer in an arcade. <laughs> so, yeah. So, uh, I guess we're going to say Super DBZ, although we do love Hyperdimension. And Mary, now that we own Hyperdimension, we could probably play it whenever we want. Yes, we should. We should have a throwdown. Every night, we'll just move our way on through games. We'll start out with Super Butoden, go to Super Butoden 2, Super Butoden 3, Hyperdimension, then we'll move on into Shin Butoden, and etc. And that will be fun. That'll be a project. Yeah, lots of... We should chronicle that. Lots of projects coming. That's going to wrap up our emails for this week. Kind of short, just the one question. Well, two questions from one person. Send us emails, podcast at dizex.com. You have questions, comments, anything you want to have answered or read on the show, send it on over. For the audio emails, try to keep them around 30 seconds or so. And uh, MP3s are cool. And if you have questions, let us know. We, I didn't announce this earlier, we're going to have a contest. <gasps> Let's give away DBZ Movie 8. Sure, why not? Yeah, we're why just not? talking about Broly, so. Uh... Exactly. You were hearing about him earlier if you actually haven't purchased this already. I know there's the, the three thin pack of the Broly movies now. This is just Movie 8. So if you don't have it and you want it, very simple. We would be happy to give it to you. It's just going to be another random email drawing contest. Send an email to contest at dizex.com. Send those emails to us by Friday, April 27th at 12 noon Eastern Time. Make sure there's something in the subject because otherwise i'll delete it and you know i said it's going to be a random drawing but what do they have to do in the body of the email write a haiku yes a haiku about broly how's that yeah that's going to be your contest for the week and we will pick our most favoritist haiku oh so it's not going to be random well all right it'll be random and we'll read the haiku on the show okay how's that and then how about we just read some random some of other favorite ones okay 
So send those on in. You have to write a haiku. That's five seven five, right? Yeah. Well, generally speaking, I mean. Uh, All right. You don't need to get too technical about okay, it. Okay. Yeah. Five we'll, seven five. We'll fine. do like that's, that's, the that's grammar okay. school learnings of haiku. It has to okay. be about Broly. Send it to contest at dizx.com, April twenty seventh, twelve noon. You got two weeks. We'll announce the winner on that week's episode. So we're gonna wrap up the episode for the week. Are we not, my fellows? Fellowette. Fellowette. Duchette. Duchette. <laughs> Mary, let's say goodbye to you first over here. Okie dokie. Goodbye. Bye. And, uh, uh, yeah, I run a site. You do? Temple O Trunks? That's right. And it's, where uh, is Temple O Trunks? Temple O Trunks can be found at www.templeotrunks.com. That is oh so true. So goodbye. Bye. And then we have Julian, who's going to be at a convention in Boston next week. And when you hear this, the convention will be over. So no, next week, not this weekend. Oh, it's not- oh, it yeah, is yeah, next, next week. week. Oh, I got it wrong. So you so- can hear this before the convention. Yeah, I was confusing with Takoshokan. <laughs> wow. I don't know where I am. What's going on? Where's Takoshokan anyway? That's a uh, Pittsburgh area. Ah, uh, okay. So yeah, Julian. That, that is me. you. You and I can be found in Daisenshu of the E to the X plus Alpha Turbo Extreme Revival. What? Or Daisenshu EX. Just Dais- or Daisenshu EX. I guess EX, Extreme yeah. EX is a little redundant, but where can yes. you find the site? That would be www.daizex.com. That's daizex.com. Cool stuffage there. So that's going to wrap up episode 73. We had lots of cool stuff. We had some cool news. We had a Tapion discussion. We had some email answerings. We had a contest. We're giving away a DVD because we're great. People who listen to us are great, and they get free stuff because we're all great together. I think we should just hold hands and dance around in circles and, and recite our haiku about Broly. I can't wait okay. to see what gets oh, sent oh, in. Oh, I got one. I got one. See, see. Okay. wa nakimushi girai okashii na. Yay! I got one. I can't believe you actually just did one. Cool. In Japanese. What does it translate to? Okay, Broly hates crybabies. That's weird. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what it translates to. Oh, good lord. So, for Mary over here, for Julian and Up Yonder, I am Mike Labrie, Vegito EX, and I kissed a drunk girl. Um, Broly hates Cryberry. Cry, Crybabies. Cryberries. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> uh, okay, Broly hates Crybabies. That's weird. <laughs>